1: I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth Admission, California's recall election heads into the final two weeks. Voters are deciding amid a pandemic, a drought, and a wildfire crisis whether to dump Governor Gavin Newsom. But the latest polls look like the recall is a long shot. The leading replacement in the September 14th election? Conservative radio host Larry Elder, whose positions on issues like abortion, the minimum wage and climate change would be a hard right turn for a deep blue state. To get into the latest, today we're bringing you a portion of an episode of It's All Political, hosted by the Chronicle's senior political writer, Joe Garofoli. Subscribe to It's All Political wherever you get your podcasts. And to read all of the Chronicle's coverage of The Recall, go to sfchronicle.com recall. Here's Joe Garofoli.
0: Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer. We would like to welcome listeners of the Fifth Admission podcast today. Welcome. Uh, But before we get started, for some of our new listeners, I wanted to tell you that, or perhaps warn you, that whenever we talk about the recall, we call it a total recall edition, and we start by talking in our very hacky Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. I'll be back. Ha! You didn't know I'm going to say that, did you?
2: That's what you always say.
0: I apologize in advance to the former governor. And so here's our conversation about the California recall. Welcome to another edition of the Total Recall podcast with our guests. They're blowing up the boxes in Sacramento. That's Alexei Kosev and Dustin Gardner. Alexei just named the 100th most powerful man in Sacramento by the Capitol Weekly. Alexei, how much can you bench press if you are so powerful? I don't think I've
1: even tried since my high school gym class, where we had to go to the weight room. So truly, I have—I don't know. Probably not that much.
0: Alrighty, that's that's enough, Arnold, for for today. And Ar- does anyone else want to contribute, there, Arnold?
1: No, I, I, that was very good. I'm I'm impressed, Joe. How much were you practicing since our last I, I, I I'll be
0: I'll be real. I, I spent a little shower time with the with the, I did a little <laughs> little shower little Arnold in the shower. Of course he yes, yes. did. <laughs> but that's but that's not unusual. <laughs> um, okay, now we have uh, back to semi-serious stuff. We have a uh, we have a new poll out. A a brand new poll from the Public Policy Institute of California, California. And it is decidedly California. California. It is decidedly good news for Gavin Newsom. Now, we have two weeks, less than two weeks to go before our September 14th uh, recall election date. The survey found that essentially this campaign is falling short uh, to recall Newsom. It found that 58% of likely voters oppose removing Newsom, while 39% want to boot him from office. And uh, that level of supports remained. Uh, pretty much uh, unchanged since March, at least from this pollster, which is one of the more respected ones in California. Uh, It found uh, that the the recall backers haven't expanded far beyond the core of Republican voters in California. It it breaks down like many things do these days along partisan lines. Uh, 90% of likely Democratic voters oppose the recall uh, most likely Republican voters, eighty-two percent say they want Newsom out, and forty-four percent of independent voters want to recall Newsom, while forty-nine percent oppose. That's a lot of numbers, Alexi. What did when you look at this uh, this poll? What what did you pull from it?
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, those numbers are are not that surprising, um, based on reporting that I've been doing. You know, talking to voters around the state, I would say it's very rare that I've come across a Democrat who wanted to recall Newsom or a Republican who didn't want to recall Newsom. And certainly that very much reiterates your point about what a partisan process this has been, despite assurances from recall supporters that they have this very broad ideological base of support. And, you know, I think as we get toward, you know, now just a few weeks away from the from the actual election date and people are hearing more news about it, actually have their ballots in front of them and, and are really plugged in, you know, you're starting to see the poll numbers reflect the fact that at the end of the day, this large ideological majority in the state is behind the governor that they elected just three years ago. Is this,
0: do you guys get the sense that the, uh, that the enthusiasm gap that we've talked about, written about, uh, that uh, between Republicans and Democrats, Republicans being much more enthusiastic to recall Newsom than Democrats have been to keep him? Do you sense that that is closing?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think these numbers do show that Democrats are a lot more enthusiastic than they might have been, you know, maybe a few months ago. And it seems like, you know, the cavalry has really come in for the governor. I mean, you have big national name Democrats, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. They both cut ads for the governor. You have a lot of uh, progressive celebrities from uh, Paula (laughs) Abdul to Sarah Silverman coming in for the governor. Um, So it's yeah, I mean, Democrats across the country have really kind of started to rally their base for the governor. And I think that is shoring up his numbers statewide. Um, And then, you know, in addition to that, I mean, we always knew the governor was going to have a huge advantage in terms of money. He's raised more than he did in his last run for governor um, with this recall and his 2022 um, campaign committee. And so, I mean, I think it, yeah, reflects what the, you know, kind of the forces we saw coalescing around the governor influencing those numbers.
1: You know, I think even more significantly too, you know, something that the Democrats skipped doing in 2020 was a ground game. And they're not making that mistake this time around. They are out there knocking on doors and telling people, hey, you've got a ballot that's come in the mail. Fill it out. It'll take you two minutes and then just pop it back in the mail. You don't even need a stamp for it. And so, you know, we can see that people are listening. Millions of ballots are already getting returned. And um, and those numbers appear to be even at a pace that's slightly ahead of the early returns for the November election. So um, certainly people are getting, you know, now that this thing is real, now that there's actually something in their hands and they can take action, you know, it doesn't matter how excited they are. They're acting on it.
0: Uh, the the poll showed that r- I think roughly half of the people who responded to this were uh, not into any of the replacement candidates. But the person who is getting the most attention, uh, both from the media and from, from voters, is Larry Elder, the conservative talk show host. But even he, according to this uh, Public Policy Institute poll, is only getting 27% of support. And uh, the Newsom campaign is focused a lot on him. They talk about his his uh, very strong opposition to abortion. Uh, we just heard news in the last uh, twenty four hours before uh, recording this about a very new uh, a new law in Texas that will be extremely uh, restrictive on abortion. And uh, Dustin, you were you were listening to Elder talk today about uh, about that law and and uh, what what did he have to say about that and about abortion in general because that's he's been tagged as a uh is, is with that, with that issue all the time.
2: Yes. I was on a press conference this morning where Elder was asked about that. And, you know, he, he addressed it very head on and he said he is very, very much, you know, anti-abortion pro-life and he, you know, he, he would, he opposes Roe v. Wade and he would want to see that overturned. But practically speaking, he said, you know, that even if he were to be governor, um, if that somehow happened, that he doesn't think the law in California would change anytime soon. In fact, he said there's zero chance it would change with a two-thirds majority of Democrats in the state legislature. And you know, he even went a little bit further saying that even if he wins, um, abortion will still be available pretty much on demand, um, as he said, in California. And I thought that was interesting because he's not really, he's not trying to shy away from his views, but he's trying to very, I guess, practically tell voters, even if I win don't worry there are a lot of progressive things about california that will stay we'll be back with more of our conversation
0: about the california recall campaign against gavin newsom after this short break
2: at Evernorth health services we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best it's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder.
0: And now here's more of our conversation with Alexi Kossoff and Dustin Gardner about the recall campaign against California Governor Gavin Newsom. Where else is Larry Elder's out of step with California in a lot of other uh, ways too, Dustin? He's you know he he doesn't want a minimum wage like zero minimum wage, not even freezing the minimum wage. Uh, he uh, doesn't think that uh, racism and sexism are big things. these, these are not obstacles uh, to people. He uh, has made uh, numerous comments about uh, women that are very misogynistic. Uh, he he is in the past, and the not-too-distant past, he said climate change is a crock. What else, what else do we know about Larry Elder and where he's coming from? You've, you've done some
2: reporting on him. Yeah, I mean, bottom line, Larry Elder has given the Newsom campaign a very effective foil headed into the the last part of this race. They found someone they can really point to that say that they can say is a Trump-like candidate. Um, and I mean, really, almost on every issue, Larry Elder is is very far right of where most voters in the state are. Um, for example, I had a story uh, over the weekend about his views on undocumented immigrants and on immigration in general. Um, and you know, he supports Trump's view of wanting to repeal birthright citizenship so that the children of undocumented immigrants born in the country cannot, cannot stay here legally. Uh, but he's gone even farther than some of Trump's views. For example, in a column that he wrote back in, in 2010, um, Elder argued that undocumented people should not have any access to public benefits, including emergency medical care, Um, schooling for their children, Um, and there's no indication that Elder has changed his view on that issue. Um, And then, you know, he's taken a lot of flack for his views on women, especially. That's probably been the biggest critique. Um, And and the issue that his opponents have really seized on is his stance on um, pregnancy discrimination in the workplace. Elder has doubled down on that. He believes that an employer should have the right, legally speaking, to ask a woman whether they intend to have children because it could affect the, the business's bottom line in terms of whether that woman takes leave from the job to, you know, go be with her baby. Um, so again, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of views he has that just really are sort of out of the mainstream, especially in a deep blue state.
0: Elder at this press conference today said, well, you know, it doesn't really matter what I say because the Democratic supermajority exists. And then, you know, uh, but, but Dustin, if, if Larry Elder or really any of these Republicans were to be elected, what would happen in Sacramento? What what's what's how would that dynamic play out? The Democrats, as we said, have a supermajority there. Uh, what can a Republican governor do with that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think you know, it, it, realistically speaking, there's a lot the governor couldn't do. Um, because there is that two-thirds majority. But also, I mean, I think that's kind of a simplistic way of looking at it because, um, again, the governor has a lot of broad powers. I mean, in terms of the abortion issue, the governor oversees the public health system in the state, and there's a lot of policies um, and appointments that, that could affect just the quality of reproductive care women have and in the, the issue more broadly, even if you know abortion isn't somehow outlawed in the state.
0: Alexei, where, how else would Sacramento change if, if- we had a Republican governor and a, a Democratic uh, legislature.
1: You know, it's it's sort of hard to say exactly what that dynamic would look like because California hasn't had a Republican governor in more than a decade. And the last time they did, the legislature, the balance of power in the legislature was much closer, you know, and and it was also Sacramento kind of at some of the most dysfunctional that it's ever been under, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting fighting with the legislature over budgets and all kinds of things like that. So, you know, you would have a completely sort of different dynamic here with this more than two-thirds control in both houses. They could do pretty much whatever they wanted if they wanted to. And it's a question of whether or not they would flex that power because, you know, it's been decades since there's been any Le- legislative overrides of a governor's veto, you know, it's been um a long time since you know you've had that kind of power struggle to to compare it to. I mean, you look to other states where you have a legislature that's firmly in control of one party and a Uh, a governor of the other party gets unexpectedly elected. And mostly that's been places like Wisconsin or North Carolina, where you've had uh, democratic governors unexpectedly elected facing two thirds control uh, Republican legislatures. And they have taken all kinds of steps to limit the power of the governor to strip their duties and, and make it so that they can't change things. So it's very possible that we could see Democrats here in California try and pull moves like that. you know but as Dustin points out, there's only so much you can do on the regulatory side when there's certain things that you know governors just have control of it in terms of appointments, judgeships, you know and, and and all kinds of decisions like that about you know how to pull the levers of power behind the scenes. This is your producer, Taya, just dropping in to let you know that It's All Political is a longer show than Fifth Admission, so there's more to this episode. To hear the rest, you can find It's All Political wherever you get your podcasts.
0: We're we're down to the wire. Two more weeks to the recall, and I think the best news about that is... Uh, two more weeks where I can do my hacky Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. <laughs> I know I know you'll be, I, you'll yes, be, you'll, please. you'll be, you are two. or probably be most relieved when the recall is over for that very reason. I say no, farewell to you now! <laughs> 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 because it's all political. <laughs> But Dustin, you... Dustin, Alexi, thank you
1: for being here. Go ahead. What, what do you want to say? No, no, I just say like, I'll be back. I hope. I'll be back.
0: Very good. Look at you. <laughs> uh, you've had a little shower time. I can tell. You, you very well nicely, done. very nicely done. I'll give you, I'll give it to you for that. All right, boys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Take care, Joe. I'd like to thank you all for listening, and hope that you and your families are safe and healthy. I'd like to thank Alexi and Dustin for being here today. I'd like to thank Alexi for his swing at the Arnold impersonation, very impressive. I'd like to thank Dea Francesca Price for producing today's episode. Always, we'd always like to throw out some love for our theme music. That song you're listening to is called Cattle Call and it was written by Randy Clark and performed by Randy Clark and Crow Song. And remember, no matter whether your poll numbers are up or down, it's all political.